Hi, my name is Savik Srinivas, and this is Arnavar Stogi. And together we're co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to be an interesting episode. A lot of changes have been made since our last tier list. You know, about a month left in the season. Teams fighting for the playoffs. Let's get right into this. Yeah, let's start with the juggernauts here. Uh, we're keeping the Chiefs and the Eagles. They have just been playing consistent football. But we added the Cowboys uh, off the pack off the back of their past three weeks where they have been the highest scoring offense of the league, averaging almost 41 points, nine points ahead of second place, uh, which is the Detroit Lions. So that, that is an incredible pace that this offense has been playing at. And and defensively, too, creating those turnovers, their turnover differential uh, in these past few weeks has been incredible. So they are deserving to move up to this juggernauts category. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially, you know, this getting into the playoffs right now, like if the Cowboys were in any other division than the NFC East, we'd be talking about them possibly like being top two seed or whatever, right? But if since you're in the NFC East, that's going to be such a disadvantage when we're talking about playoffs and stuff like that if they don't win the division but I do want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys offense right it's it's the way they're spreading the ball you know Michael Gallup is a guy that's not getting the love he deserves he's making so many plays his catch radius is incredible you go watch Sunday night football defense and I think the Cowboys are just checking off all the boxes right now as we're getting into the playoffs what you need from a contender and yeah you know and I'm saying that as an Eagles fan which is like Took me, took me a little bit to get <laughs> Eagles fan respecting Cowboys, man. Who would have thought? Um, a, a team here, you know, we 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 were debating about a lot. The Bills, mm-hmm. right? Do they deserve to be in the juggernauts category, Sopic, or do you? Would you move them down to contenders? What would you do? Because because we're really in the middle with this team, right? My personal decision would be to leave them here, and it's not to say that they've been this dominant team all season, right? That has not been the case, right? There's been ups and downs. Yourself, you're looking at the last five weeks, you know, um, two of those games, back-to-back losses to the Jets and in overtime to the Vikings, a game you should have won. You had all the opportunities in the world to win. And after that, you know, the Cleveland, Detroit, New England, kind of getting by, doing a little bit. So definitely, if you compare these last five games to the first eight or the first half of the season, the Bills have not been the same dominant team. But at the same time, you're talking about losses that are by three points, right? Both of them won in overtime. I know they haven't been the same dominant force, but I still think that they're a team that's to be at the top of the AFC. And you know, through a 17-game season, you're going to have ups and downs. But I think throughout the next four weeks heading into the playoffs, I think they're going to right the ship. I still think they're at the top of the AFC. I don't know. I think I think we have to move them down to contenders. Listen, with the season and its ups and downs, the tier list also has to adapt to that, right? And we have to adapt to the way teams are playing, right? We move teams up and down because of it. And I, I just think when I look at the Bills, in their past five games, have they been playing football like the Dallas Cowboys have or the Philadelphia Eagles have or the Chiefs have, right? The, the Eagles struggled. Right. They had a they had a stretch of two to three games where they struggled. But guess what? They bounced back and they bounced back strongly against the Titans. Right. They showed us what they're capable of. Right. And that's why we didn't move them down. Right. The Chiefs even struggled a little bit. Right. They lost to the Bengals. Right. But they've been playing consistent football uh, weeks prior to that. Right. With the Bills, 
it's been one week after another where we've seen the similar problems. They have lost in similar ways, right? I said this uh, in previous episodes as well. One time is fine. Two time, all right, starting to get worrisome. But three times, four times, five times, that's a trend. And when you notice a trend like that, inconsistent football, Josh Allen is playing hero ball. The defense is not stepping up when they need to. I don't know. I I think that, that then you have to kind of move them down. Mm. I don't know. I hear you. Here, here's the point I actually do agree on. You brought up that as the teams have ups and downs, you know, throughout the season, the tier list needs to adapt to that. So I guess on that level, I do agree. Perhaps we move them down. But maybe like, what do you make of the New England game? Because to me, I know it was 24 to 10. So maybe yeah, the score doesn't feel dominant. But the Patriots didn't have a lot of for going for them, right? Bill's defense was dominating. Josh Allen was making plays. Um, is that is that not a win that says to you that this is a dominant team? Yeah, it is, right? That they, they came back and they from from their from their stretch and they were good. But I don't know, dude. Five game stretch where they were just sloppy. Mm. I don't I don't I don't know if I can discredit five games, right? The Eagles were maybe like two games, right? The Chiefs was one or game here or there, but five straight games where they've played sloppy. I don't know. And it's it's not even to like AFC title contenders. You're talking about the the Browns and the Lions, right? Games that should not have been decided by a score or a final drive, right? Ah, I I don't know. I don't know. I I just like you look at Kansas City's opponents too. Man, I don't know. Mm. Okay, I hear you. Maybe at this point in the season we could make that change, but. Maybe personally, I'm projecting, you know, maybe to the playoffs. I think they will be back, but we'll see. Right. Um, moving on to the contenders category, the Dolphins and Vikings. We've left them here. Uh, we added the Bengals. We moved the Bengals up from playoff potential to the contenders. And I think this Kansas City game the past week, that was a statement win, yeah. right? Joe Burrow now undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. What did the Bengals do right in this game? And, and what do you see them doing moving forward? Yeah. Now, first, first of all, before that, I got to give it to you. You called it. I was on the fence, but you had that conviction to see the Bengals win that one. And here's the thing that stood out to me, right? Three games now we've seen this. Well, I'm going to, in the playoffs, that was like an overtime win. It's a little different, but I want to talk about the two regular season wins. This one and the one last season in week 17. What did they both have in common? At the end of the game, the Bengals had the ball and they ran the clock out. They did not give it back to Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it time and time again. When do teams lose to the Chiefs when you give the ball to Patrick Mahomes? And the Bengals didn't do that. I, I think that's actually the key, right? There's ups and downs. It's not like the Bengals are dominating. They're making mistakes. The Chiefs had a fumble with Travis Kelsey. That was huge. But I think if you ask me what is the one reason the Bengals are able to have so much success, Joe Burrow and the, that offense does not give the ball back to Mahomes at the end of the game. Bills, Bills can take a page out of that, but <laughs> <laughs> they know first. Yeah. I really think that's the key, man. You just can't give the ball back. You can't. But overarching, you know, expanding on this Bengals offense, right? They were dominating without Jamar Chase, and now the Jamar Chase coming back from the IR, just adding more riches right. to the rich, right? It, it's just, it's just been, and I think the Bengals is the same story as last year, right? It's this offense is the focal point of the team and the defense is just making key opportune stops, right? Mm -hmm. Or takeaways, as we saw in this past game, right? That fumble, that key fumble that changes the whole thing around and the offense gets it done as always, right? right. It's all about just creating opportunities, right? This defense isn't going to be dominant, but if they're able to create opportunities for that offense and that offense 
delivers time and time again. I think the Bengals are right back into this uh, Super Bowl race after a up and down start to the season. All right. Now looking at the playoff potential group, we have the Titans, the Bucks, the Giants, the Seahawks, Chargers, who all remain, uh, as well as the Niners. And the Niners are turning into this very interesting team, right? Because they're entering a Colts-like situation, except it was uh, it was produced, obviously due to injuries, where they have an extremely talented roster. I mean, there are no holes on this team. Top to bottom, even the coaching staff included, there are no holes on this team. The one question mark, quarterback. Ken Brock Purdy get it done what do you think Sonic? the last time we made this list i think it was before the christian mccaffrey trade we had them at playoff potential after that you know in the eyes of many in the eyes of yours and mine i think as well they yeah. kind of did jump to contenders so we're really at a question point right right now can brock purdy keep this team afloat and i actually think he could probably do one better i i'm like really high on brock purdy right now i know it's just been one game but seeing him I think one thing he brings is the mobility that Garoppolo didn't have. He was moving around, making plays, just looking really good under pressure. And here's what I want to say, right? If Garoppolo was like a 7 out of 10 quarterback, I think Brock Purdy is like a 6.5, dude. Like, I think I think he's going to be all right in this offense. I don't think we should be too concerned. Yeah, the problem is it's only been one game. Mm. It's just been one game, right? Like, I, I hear what you're saying, right? And it wasn't even bad, right? You know, he went, what, 25 for 37, 210. That's like, what, 68% completion percentage? Which is like, that's like right where Jimmy G was, right? In terms of efficiency. He did have that interception, um, and he took three sacks. But he also led them on drive, right? Mm-hmm. And he he wasn't trying to do too much, right? He wasn't trying to, he didn't look flustered in the, in the pocket at all. He, he knows that he has a indispensable amount of weapons. I mean, ridiculous amount of weapons, right? You have a top five tight end, right? Top five running back. Two excellent receivers, right? And it's it's just about using those wealth of weapons and distributing the ball, and that's what Brock Purdy did. Once again, you said it yourself, it's been one game, and that's what's holding me back. But in this game against Miami, which is a, a, play, a contender, right, in their own right, Brock Purdy kept the team afloat, and got the win, right? So so let, let, let's see how he does uh, in the weeks to come. But I'd say in San Francisco, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think the confidence level is right now? You think you think there's panic? Well, are you are you talking about the team or are you talking about like yeah, the fans? The, team. the, the teams? teams. I think yeah. dude, I think this team likes Brock pretty a lot. If and I, again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what the vibe is, but if you if you watch the dudes, there was one play, right? I believe it was fourth and four. or Okay, no, I, I, that was a different play. Anyways, look, the point I'm trying to make is I forget what down it was, but there was a blitz and then, like, a key play in the game, like third and eight, something like that. And just he identified it, slid his protection to the left, saw that George Kittle was coming over the middle one. Like, that's, like, veteran-level stuff that he was able right. to do. Mm. And the other thing also, like, I know we're not talking about Miami here, but, like, I have my reservations about Miami. If we have Miami as a contender, I think San Francisco is every bit as good as Miami. That's just my okay. opinion. Okay. Okay. I mean, it might, it might we we might have made a mistake putting the 49ers in playoff potential, but once again, you know, one good game 
mm. doesn't dictate everything, right? And we, we've seen we've seen some quarterbacks come in, okay. uh, and they have an amazing game, but you know not able to be consistent. So let's see, let's see. I, I think I think it's 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 good caution to keep them in playoff potential right now. After the Niners, uh, we have the Ravens here. Obviously, move them down from contenders to playoff potential on the back of that Lamar injury. Very inopportune, considering this is uh, uh, this down the stretch time of period, and with the Ravens competing with the Bengals for that AFC North spot, competitive AFC uh, playoff picture. That is that's that is quite frankly the move we had to make. Uh, but the real story of the playoff potential group and, and the two teams I want to talk about: the Jets and Commanders. They, and they jumped up two categories here from a long way to go to playoff potential and this massive in-season move what do you see out of these two teams stop because because they they were really written off at the beginning of the year but uh like Gino said they didn't write back <laughs> I think here's a common theme with these two teams right teams that have really good rosters built to win that are getting above average quarterback play now and, that, and that's kind of what you need right when you have a really good roster you don't need an elite quarterback. You just need a quarterback that's not going to make mistakes, that's going to lead you, make the right decisions. We're seeing that right now with Taylor Heineke and Mike White. And I think it's not, at least to me, it's not entirely surprising with Washington because we have seen this in past years, maybe I think it was 2020, where yeah. the roster was there. But the Jets, to me, are the bigger surprise. And not even that, like, they have the pieces, but the fact that they are doing this in the AFC, right? I think that's yeah. a notch above. And we'll see. Like, are the Jets going to make the playoffs? They're in the driver's seat right now. I think they have a shot at it. But if they keep playing yeah. good football, I think they will. Yeah, and I I think you said it best, right? Above average quarterback play. The Jets, prime example of this, right? They I believe three weeks ago, the New England game, they put up three points. Zach Wilson had an atrocious outing. In the past two games, after inserting Mike White, the Jets shot up to 14th in points per game in the past three games, right? On the back of two games. Just two games, right? And they're they're able to keep it competitive with a Minnesota team that we have in our contenders category. Mm-hmm. That that just shows you what these uh quarterbacks are 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 doing. And 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 New York and Washington, they're both top ten defenses. New York is fourth, Washington is sixth. So they're getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. They just need quarterback to put up maybe 18 to 20 points a game, and they're good. And they're good. That, that's all they need. That's all they need. And then the defense gets the job done, right? And it's been a similar story for both these teams. So I'm, I'm actually excited. Team Teams that we haven't really seen in the playoffs, we haven't really seen win games, you know, play the long game, draft well, accumulate talent. Now they're here. Looking at the uh, upset watch category now, we have the Lions, Falcons, Browns, Patriots, Jaguars, and Raiders who all remain. We we move the Steelers up, uh, an, uh, another another team from a long way to go to upset watch. And, and Kenny Pickett, man, he has played like a decent starting quarterback. We we really we really didn't think much of him through the draft process when he started, and and it wasn't good play. But this defense has gotten back together, and and Kenny Pickett, he's playing more efficient now. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, it's a rookie quarterback. you got to give him time. I think every week, especially as a rookie, you're going to learn new things. You're going to see, like, defenses that you haven't expected, new situations. And with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, like, 
just got to give him time, see what you have. Don't like, I guess, rush to panic for a Steelers fan. But I, I don't think we're at a point now where we can say anything, right? Like, is Kenny Pickett the future? Like, I don't know, man, we're gonna have to see. But I think we're headed in a good direction. And we're just gonna have to see how it pans out. We also moved four teams down from playoff potential to upset watch. And all of them really have the same story. Teams that were supposed to be good this season, but are absolutely slumping, whether because of injuries or inconsistent play, both are hurting them. The Saints, the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Rams. And really, this season has been a complete disaster for all of them. Yeah, and I think the the disaster came in different forms. You know, you're looking at the Rams, a whole bunch of injuries. The Packers, just, I guess, partially injuries, but just not being able to get on rhythm offensively. Cardinals, I don't know. I think people are losing their jobs. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> and the Saints, like, I mean, I'll let, I'll let you speak on this one, but, like, what really happened? What was the issue this year? It's, it's just inconsistent quarterback play. Mm. That's just it's just it's just another it's another case of a team with a good defense and a good roster not having good quarterback play. And then when you look at it overall, right, like inopportune turnovers, right? Saints have the worst turnover differential in the league, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Camara, you can't fumble twice on the goal line against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's just you you can't do that, right? So offensively, quarterback play, turnovers, it's just been a disaster. But it's still a good roster. Like if I'm a quarterback. Um, trying to advertise Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G. Anyone want to come to New Orleans? Uh, we're ready. <laughs> Open arms to accept you. Okay. Just a little put up a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last category here, a long way to go. Panthers, Bears, Texans remain. And after, after what these teams did last week, we had to move them down. The Colts and the Broncos. And man, it was a disaster for those two teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to talk about them, man. It's just not good. Like, let's just It's just, that. yeah, not, nothing good is happening for those two teams. All right, looking ahead to week 14, man, we have three games here that are going to be key for the playoff race. Let's start in this 1 o'clock slot, an NFC East clash, classic game, Eagles-Giants. What do you see? I think it's going to be a classic game and a predictable outcome. <laughs> I don't wow. know. I, I think I think it should be fun, but I still think the Giants are facing a lot of injuries. The Eagles yeah. have been dominant. I think the running game is just gonna set the tone for this game. I think if the Giants want to win this one, it's gonna have to be their defense making a statement. We're not gonna let you run all over us. We're gonna put stop you on first and second down, lead to third downs. You know, make plays. Um, I think Daniel Jones, like overall, he has done well like this season, done well against the Eagles in the past. I honestly think it's the defense. Like, if the defense shows out, then we have a game. But I yeah. personally don't believe that will happen. Yeah, I I wish I wish the Giants were more healthy and we could actually have like a constructive conversation about you know we could differ a little more here. But I have to go with the Eagles. And when you look at when you look at some of these injuries, right at key positions, the Eagles are just going to put points on the board, and the Giants aren't going to be able to use their number one weapon, which is Saquon Barkley who really sets the tone, slows the game down, slows the pace down, helps them have more possession, right? But the Giants simply aren't going to be able to have that, right? And Daniel Jones is going to be forced into an uncomfortable situation where he has to pass in volume. And we know that 
Daniel Jones is not a volume passer or he's he's not going to be that guy when he does that, mm-hmm. right? So I think the Eagles are just setting the Giants up for failure in this game. I have the Eagles. Yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Another uh, game that is going to determine key NFC playoff positioning, right? Buccaneers, Niners in San Francisco. You think Brock Purdy can repeat what he did last week? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. The Bucks, like, whenever you think the Bucks are not good, they end up winning. But here's what I will say. I'm, I'm like, no offense to you or not, but I think the 49ers are a whole lot better than the Saints. I don't think they're going to let that happen. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick the 49ers here because I believe in the roster and I believe in Brock Purdy. And the, the only thing that could end up in a loss is just if Brady decides to go off again. But I don't expect the the Niners to play like the Saints did. And for that reason, I got to pick the Niners. I'm I'm also going to go with the Niners here. Um, have the Bucks won two straight games this year? I think they have. I, I, oh, okay. I think yeah. they opened their season with two straight wins. Yeah, they, they also beat and, the Rams and the Seahawks. That's two straight. I oh, think. okay. I don't know. It's, the Buccaneers have just been too inconsistent, right? And, you know, the 49ers are another defense that can get pressure. Um into Brady, right? The Saints, the Saints did it coverage-wise. The 49ers are going to do it pressure-wise. And when you're able to take Brady and his ability to be comfortable out of the picture, just out of the game, when you're able to frustrate him, he doesn't play very well, right? And and this offense just doesn't stay in a rhythm, right? And if the 49ers just disrupt him a little bit with that pass rush, uh, I think I think the Bucks are going to end up in a situation where they're down 16-3, Right, like they were last week. And I think the Bucks offense, especially that run game with Christian McCaffrey, I think they're good enough to put the game away. I, I think I, I think they're good enough to to just continue to run that clock out and not give Brady enough time to get the ball and do anything with it. And so I trust that Niners offense more than I do the Saints offense. Right. And for that reason, just like you said, I have to go with the Niners. All right, here's our Sunday night game. The Dolphins at eight and four heading down to LA. Or I guess heading northwest to LA, <laughs> playing the playing the Chargers. Uh, Chargers always find ways to lose primetime games. You know, let the other team have a great day offensively, whatever it is. But what do you see here? What are we looking at? We're looking at a Dolphins offense that's looking to bounce back. Obviously, missing your top two tackles wasn't good against a top 49ers D line, and, and they made to a feel uncomfortable. And and we talked about this last week. We we called that that two did not play his best game, right? Two picks, right? After not throwing a pick in the past five games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're trying to bounce back. They're trying to get cool comfortable again. And there's no better opponent to do it than the Chargers. They're second to last in sacks in the past three games. They're not able to generate enough pressure. And I think that's going to allow Tua to be comfortable, even if, I don't, I don't know, I think believe Teron Armstead is questionable, even if Teron Armstead doesn't play, right? I think Tua will be able to sit back there, uh, navigate the pocket, and ultimately, it doesn't matter what type of defense you're running. No, it doesn't matter if you have Derwin James back there. You're dealing with two of the best receivers in the game, and I just think it's hard to stop both of them at the same time. Tua, when he's comfortable, will be able to find one of them. And I think the Dolphins, as long as they keep moving the sticks down the field, and as long as that O-line just keeps Tua comfortable, which they should be able to, I think the Dolphins, this is like the Dolphins game is to lose. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It is the Dolphins game to lose. 
and I think they potentially could lose this one. Here's what I'm seeing, right? With the Chargers, you you do have you're pretty healthy compared to how you've been like in the past, right? You have your top receivers back, Keenan Allen back, Mike Williams back, Gerald Everett's healthy, you got Austin Eckler. I don't think the Chargers defense is going to be able to have much success against the Dolphins offense, even with the injuries you were talking about. Yeah. But if this turns into a shootout, I, I actually do like the Chargers. I, I know you have Tyreek Hill. Mm. I know you have Jalen Waddle. You like but, in a shootout, you like them that that the Chargers over the Dolphins offense. I know it's hard to say that, but I, I just think when they're healthy, because we've seen them, right? We've seen them against Kansas City multiple times this season. We've seen them in other games. <sighs> I know, I know it's hard to say that, but in a shootout, I do like them. Keenan Allen looks like a shell of himself. He has been, mm-hmm. he has no burst. He's not able to create separation. Mike Williams is a 50-50 kind of guy where he's either going to go and get it or it's just going to be batted incomplete because it's in double coverage. What real dangerous weapons do Chargers have other than Austin Eckler? All right. I know you're, you're t- saying this in the sense of like the whole season, right? The numbers haven't been there. But I, I guess I'm just thinking back to like that Sunday night game when they the Chargers did give the Chiefs a run for their money. I, I just saw the playmaking ability, right? You can't know, and you saw that like 50-yard play down the right sideline. I know he's been a shell of himself, but he's still capable of making plays like that. Yeah. The production hasn't been there on the stat sheet, but I don't know. I, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. Maybe you're right that the Dolphins offense is just going to smoke the Chargers, but I don't know. We'll see. Sunday night, I just I got a feeling about this one. I don't know. I just think, you know, you know that meme of the security guard that just doesn't do anything mm-hmm. when he's checking the people? That's going to be the Chargers defense okay. against the Dolphins offense. Okay, we'll see. If they, if they get continue to get no pressure like they have for the past few weeks, it's going to be trouble. Okay. I guess I guess you're right because also Derwin James is doubtful, so on the back end, I don't know how that's gonna look. We'll see. Maybe I just talked myself out of this one, but I'm not gonna take it back. I did pick the Chargers. We'll see what happens. And all right, week 14 upset of the week. What do we have here? Yeah, you know, um, honestly, it's looking pretty dry this week, man. I I, I didn't have a lot to go off of. But I kind of narrowed it down to two matchups. I was thinking about the Jaguars at the Titans and Carolina at Seahawks. I don't feel great about the Panthers. So for that matter, just process of elimination. I'm going with the Jaguars here over the Titans. Mm-hmm. Jaguars have been an up and down team. It's been it's been great at times. It's been horrible at times. But I think the potential is there in a divisional game. I think this is also the first time they're playing the Titans. So we don't have, uh, I guess, a sample of what this matchup is going to look like. Do they have a shot at slowing down Derrick Henry? Well, the Eagles did, so you got you got a blueprint there, right? You're loading the box. The Titans haven't been explosive really offensively if you slow down Derrick Henry. And the Jaguars have been able to put up points. So putting all that together, I think they have a shot in this one. Okay. All right. I mean, Jaguars did have that a comeback win against the Ravens. So they've shown at times that offense can be lethal. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead of this week and pick the Lions over the Vikings. For some reason, they're favored in this game. They're their home favorite, so Vegas must know something. But I just think this offense is just—it's so lethal. And and they went through a rough stretch in the beginning, in the middle of the season, but but they're right back on track, pouring forty over the Jaguars. And this week, Daniel Hunter is out. Patrick Peterson is out. Jamison Williams is coming back. So you're adding 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 more uh, weaponry to your arsenal. I just think this Lions. 
offense is hitting on all cylinders. And I simply believe that in a shootout, I kind of trust them more considering the injuries uh, and the players that are out on that Vikings defense. So mm. let's see. It's going to come down to as a ball loss, but I think the, 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 the lions just have it. They, they, they're just in a role right now offensively. Yeah. I mean, I could see it, right. You talk about adding a dude like Jameson Williams, what he brings to the table. Like, you know, I know there was an ACL injury, but at yeah. his best, he's lethal. And honestly, like if the Vikings lose this game, like, I don't know what to say, man, but like they've been they've been in these close games. Like even the first game was very close, Lions Vikings. So I like the pick. But we'll see. Are like, the Vikings are the Vikings gonna beat the fraud allegations? The fraud allegations. <laughs> With that being said, thank you for listening to the 93rd episode of the Backfield Drift. Be sure to tune in next week. We're gonna talk more about how the playoff picture looks after some pivotal games this week and look ahead to week 15. Until then, it's been Arnavar Stogie in. Stop the us. Stay safe and take care.